This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Well, Steelers season is over, folks. Hate to break it to you. It's all she wrote. Dust in the wind. You're my boy, Blue. All that jazz. <laughs> Season's over. Steelers finished 9-8-1 and one on the overall record with a playoff loss to the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday, being the final nail in their coffin for the 2021 season. You can't really get too upset about them losing that game to Kansas City. But once again, for the second time in, what was it, about four or five weeks, I think you can get a little upset with how the game played out against Kansas City. Were they going to lose? Yes. Did I think they were going to lose by double digits? No. Yeah, most likely. Oh, I double they were digits. Yeah. 10 points, something like that. But not to the tune of 42 to 21 final, 35 7 at one point. The biggest egregious part was well, you all know you go up 7 nothing, and everybody's kind of like, oh, uh oh, what's first happening thing I here? Did, first thing I did when TJ Watt scored that touchdown, after seeing what all the people in Pittsburgh had to say about it, Tried to chime in or I tried to uh, see what the Nick Wright camp had to say about it. They were a little quiet over there. Yeah, well, they definitely got the last laugh. But So you go up 7 nothing, and you knew it was only a matter of time before the Kansas City Chiefs woke up offensively. Very next drive, Patrick Mahomes goes all the way down the field, throws a little shovel pass underhand to Jarek McKinnon, who takes it into the end zone. It's 7-7. That's fine. Whatever. You knew you were going to win this game by scoring more points than you were going to be comfortable scoring. You, you knew it wasn't going to be 7 nothing shutout of the Chiefs wire-to-wire in order to get to the divisional round. But... When you give the ball back to the Chiefs after that game-tying touchdown, they score again. Then you give the ball back to them again with less than a minute left almost on the clock, and they score with Travis Kelsey on a deep ball home run type of play. That's where the game really got out of hand. It wasn't so much that they got beat by the Chiefs or that they lost by a large margin. It was the fact that it was 7 nothing, then 7-7, then you blinked and it was 21-7 heading into the locker room. And not only that, Tom, I'll go one further. Once they came out of the locker room, too, at the beginning of the second half, the Chiefs scored within a matter, I think, of another five-minute span, two touchdowns, to make it 35-7. to They were just on fire and offensively. You weren't going to come back from 21-7. to You certainly weren't going to come back from 28-7. to and I think once that second touchdown was scored at the beginning of the second half, 35-7, I think people really started to tune out at that point. So the Chiefs' first drives went punt, punt, interception, punt, fumble for a touchdown. So for five straight drives, the Steelers either forced a punt or forced a turnover, one of which led to a touchdown. Then on their next five drives, touchdown, 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 Touchdown. Oh, excuse me. Six drives. Touchdown. They scored six touchdowns in a row against the Pittsburgh Steelers on six straight drives after starting 0 for 5 with the football. Then they punted at the end of the game, but it was 42 to 21. So that was pretty a nothing punt right there. But are you shocked to that- go 0 for 5 and then to go 6 for 6 is just yeah. absurd? Are you shocked that Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, all those guys, were still in the game at that point? Um. Let me see here. When it became thirty-five to seven, yeah. But then, the but Steelers, that was also early. Like they played the whole game. They were up thirty-five to seven, yeah, in the third quarter. So you could have taken that thing off. You could have taken your foot off the gas and given an entire fifteen minutes of rest to Mahomes, to Kelsey, to Hill. Yeah. 
I probably would have done it. I wonder if the fact that when they scored that touchdown to go up thirty-five to seven, the Steelers scored a touchdown. That they were like, "Oh, okay, well let's Maybe. let's not pull them out too early here." But then you scored a touchdown on the very next drive, <laughs> and you made it forty-two to fourteen. And then I guess they scored again. The Steelers being they, so it's forty-two to twenty-one. So I guess you got to just keep them in because it's yeah. the playoffs, and you you never. Th- want to say that the game is completely at hand, especially in a playoff game. But, yeah, I would have taken Mahomes out for sure. I mean, that's your lifeblood right there. If he gets hurt, I mean, good luck beating any of the remaining three teams in the we, AFC We had said him. the best chance the Steelers have at winning this game is getting to Mahomes and pulling Akeemah Von Olhoff. Right, and now out. that all the other three teams, I think, are offensively qualified enough to keep with the Kansas City Chiefs, Absolutely. it's it's a, it's a death sentence for them if Mahomes is out. I think they could have survived without him in the Steelers game. It would have been really yeah, tight, so and too. I think the Steelers had a chance. But I think you go up against the Bills, you go up against the Bengals, you go up against the Titans with Chad Henney. I'm leaning towards the other three teams. So yeah. I get what you're saying, that it's a little bit of a risk for Andy Reid to just have him stay out there in what essentially was meaningless football at that point. I mean, yeah, 42 to 30, uh, 42 to 14, I mean, I, I guess it's still feasible. But you know what? It's not. I'm not even going to pretend it's not feasible. The game's over at that point. You're not going to have a team come back. The game was over, in my opinion, at halftime. <sighs> when you allow – when. When you have the ball in your possession, you being the Steelers, and you have a chance to tie it up before you go into the locker room before halftime, and then you go once again three and out, you give the ball right back. Back to back three and outs. Right. You give the ball right back to to Patrick Mahomes, who needs less time than any other quarterback in the NFL to move the ball downfield, and that's exactly what he did. It, It was such a pain to see the Steelers go three and out and then leave... I think less than a minute left on the clock for Patrick Mahomes to get a score in, and then he does it so effortlessly. And then instead of being tied, you're down by two touchdowns. Or not even that. Instead of being down by two touchdowns, your defense is incapable of stopping Patrick Mahomes to stop that bleeding, and it's as if those first five drives that you mentioned earlier never even happened. They never struggled. The Steelers went three and out five times in that football game against the Chiefs. It felt like a lot more. Including their first three possessions ended with three and outs. First possession, three plays, zero yards. Second possession, three plays, two yards. They gained two total yards in their first two possessions. Three plays minus three yards in their last in their third drive. So they gained negative yardage as far the as their drive output is concerned. Yeah. In their first three drives of the game, you get an interception from T.J. Watt after that point, and you go five plays, eight yards, and have to punt the ball. So you get a first down, but then you lose yardage again. You only get eight total yards on the drive. You got to punt the ball away again. I mean, you were playing with fire all game long, and it was a miracle that the Chiefs started as slowly and as uh, mistake-prone as they did because, honestly, if they came out like gangbusters like they did in Week 16, the offense played almost just as poor, if not poorer, than they I did in Week 16. I think this was worse. So I mean, because at twenty one, it could have is... been thirty five to nothing at the end of the first quarter. Honestly, if the Chiefs were rolling the way that they should be, the twenty one points is so inflated, right? The twenty one points is just not indicative of how well or how poorly that offense did as a whole that day. Those those points came in complete garbage time. Absolutely, and I look at you know. What you had to do to beat this Kansas City team, and it wasn't that you had to score necessarily early, of course that would help, but you had to be able to keep them off the field. You had to, at the very least, give me 
eight plays, nine plays in a punt at midfield or mm. ten plays in a field goal at their 30. Like, if you're obviously trying to blueprint a perfect plan, you want to score every time you can touchdowns. But, we know they're but not But the Steelers can't that. do that. So you play to your strength, and your strength would be controlling the ball if there even is a strength for the Steelers' offense. But it would have been to control that ball, move the chains a yard, two yards at a time, eat up a ton of clock, and keep Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines for as long as you humanly possibly could. And when you go three and out three straight times to start the game, that's terrible. You're playing with fire. Of course it didn't come back to burn them in that scenario, but who knows, with the way the the Chiefs started out so slowly... Mm -hmm. What if you get a couple field goals on those first three drives? What if you score a touchdown on those first three drives? Then all of a sudden, you know, the game might look a little different. T.J. Watt's fumble turns into 14 to nothing. And then you're like, whoa, now we're really starting to cook with some gas here. We talked about the last time these two teams met in the playoffs, Tom, in 2016 uh, when the Steelers kicked six field goals. <laughs> first time one guy, one guy alone, Chris Boswell, had ever done that in a playoff game. And we had said, you're going to have to do a lot more to win this football game if you if you want to win because six field goals by Boss isn't going to be enough and your defense probably isn't going to do that good of a job of containing Patrick Mahomes. But after those first five drives, Tom, if Boswell does kick two field goals and then you get that defensive touchdown, you're up by two scores. It's a lot different of a feeling compared to your offense has done nothing. Your defense has forced an interception has forced a fumble recovery return for a touchdown. Your offense is at least moving the ball enough to get you into field position. And think about it, Tom. That that interception that came uh, off of that T.J. Watt batted down ball, that was in the Chiefs' red zone. I mean, yep. that was a huge stop by the Steelers' defense. Of course, it led to nothing, right? We know the Steelers did absolutely nothing with the ball after that. But at least you prevented a Kansas City score. It wasn't like the Steelers were... The, the, the Chiefs had just gotten the ball after a punt or a kickoff, and the Steelers only had 20 yards to go after recover or after making that turnover, and then they could get three points. I mean, it was a big step up by the defense to prevent a Kansas City score. It's just the offense did no favors to the defense by going three and out and putting the defense right back on the field. Yeah, I mean, I think the defense certainly has its fair share of blame for this one. Um, but you're right, they started out really well. And they started out playing as well as you possibly could. You know, we said they needed to force turnovers. They needed to have the splash plays. And I think Kyle Brand even said on Good Morning Football that they need a defensive touchdown if they're going to want to win the game. And all happened. of that happened early in the football game. Um, but I think what you were kind of saying there is true where your offense just doesn't do anything back-to-back-to-back-to-back drives, that your defense, who is absolutely selling out to stop probably, I know statistically this isn't the case, but probably the best offense at all of football. I mean, they are selling out. Watt and Hayward especially are trying to be just two-man wrecking crews in order to keep you in this game, and they go out for three plays, they get some oxygen, they get a little breather, a little water, talk to Butts, talk to Tomlin, talk to whoever was running the defense. And then they're right back out there again before they can even catch their breath. Right. And it was fine for the first quarter, but as you keep moving along in that game and, oh, the Chiefs gave up a fumble and the Steelers scored and then they eight plays 76 yards, four minutes and 50 seconds, you're watching, on the field. 
watching three that and out the zone, next play or yeah. five plays eight or yeah three and out the very next drive. So you're back on the field after being out there for almost five minutes. You're out there for seven plays in almost three minutes, and then what happens? Then another three and out right after that, and then you're out there for six plays, and of course the Travis Kelsey bomb that made it twenty-one to seven. You get tired, you get fatigued. You're not going to be as effective. That was something that we had said all season long in 2019 was the defense got fatigued down the line, and we'd on that we'd seen that on a on a on a macro scale as a defense as a whole, and we saw it on a micro scale specifically with T.J. Watt. We we knew that was like the first time that we'd seen him really struggle to finish out a season strong, uh, and this is exactly the same circumstance here. The the offense just could not stay on the field to give the defense a break. What can you expect from the defense if they're going to be out there for, you know, 40 minutes while their offense is out there for only 20? I mean, that's just how it goes. You you can't expect the defense to be out on the field for that long. But honestly, Tom, once the Steelers had that defensive score by TJ, that next drive, I believe, was the first Kansas City touchdown. It was. Watching that drive gave me PTSD flashbacks to that first week or that first matchup against the Chiefs in week 16 seeing how easy it was for them to just march down the field first down at the, it wasn't it wasn't 5 yards here 4 yards there 3 it was 10 yards here 11 yards there 15 yards there 9 yards every play just was was big yardage chunks and you just couldn't stop them and Watching that happen, watching that unfold, after seeing the Steelers' defense step up for the first five drives when they took the field, I, I thought to myself, this is exactly what happened last time. They are just incapable, incapable of stopping this Kansas City offense. And it happened as you laid out in, what, eight plays, nine plays, 70 yards, and then it happened the very next drive the exact same way. Through the ground, over the air, there was every play it seemed went for at least seven, eight yards. That first touchdown drive that you were just alluding to, the Chiefs ran nine plays. They picked up four first downs on those nine yeah. plays, and they scored a touchdown. So five out of the nine plays went for mega positive yardage. And in fact, there was only a couple that happened to be losses. One was a penalty on Kansas City for a false start that pushed him back five yards. The other was a Jarek McKinnon two-yard loss of a play, thanks to Mr. T.J. Watt, one of his two uh, tackles for a loss in this one. But then the very next play after T.J. made that stop, uh, they hit Travis Kelsey for 15 yards to the Pittsburgh 9, and then in two plays they scored a touchdown on that underhanded shovel pass to Jarek McKinnon. Like I said at the beginning of the pod, you're not going to give Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense trouble for a full 60 minutes. I knew that the score wasn't going to last the way that it was. I knew it was only a matter of time before they woke up and started scoring some actual touchdowns, and it happened like a lightning strike because mm-hmm. three straight drives, four straight five, six straight drives, they scored a touchdown. Uh, obviously, the Steelers made it easy on them in the second half. The Chiefs got the ball, went on a methodical nine-play, 68-yard drive to go up 28-7, to and then the very next play, Najee Harris suffered his first fumble of the season and. You only give the Chiefs 29 yards to go, it'll take them about, oh, say, two plays to do it, which is exactly what happened to make it 35-7. to But, you know, Tomlin preached all throughout the week that the turnovers were the biggest reason why they lost that first meeting with Kansas City, can't turn the ball over as much as we did four times, Mm -hmm. and expect to beat a team as potent as Kansas City is. Well, you didn't turn the ball over at all in the first half, 
and you force the two turnovers that happened in that game, one of them leading to a touchdown, you're still down by two touchdowns even after the fact. But then you go right back around, they score a touchdown to start the half, and the very next play you cough it up, put it on the ground. That's obviously going to go for a touchdown. And that's the other thing that we kind of illustrated too is that the Steelers, when they get their turnovers, you don't have much faith for them actually putting points up off of them. I mean, I know they did technically because of Watt returning it. But that's not due to the offense. The offense didn't take care take the ball and and put up points. I mean, when Devin Bush had his interception after the Watt tip, the offense just sputtered right out and gave the ball right back to Kansas City after about five plays. So you have to be able to capitalize on the other team's mistakes, and we knew the Chiefs would do that two plays after Najee fumbles, they find the end zone. I mean, that's just the way that they're wired. It's the way that all these elite teams are wired. You get the ball, you score a touchdown. And we just had no faith in the Steelers being able to do that, and I think they kind of proved that, although they only had the two turnovers. The one was taken to the house on its own, right? And then I I think you know, the last one that they had proved that if you don't get the turnover deep within Chiefs territory, if you have to drive 50-plus yards still to get to the end zone or to get uh, into field goal range, it just ain't going to happen with this offense. And even though that, that interception came early, you still have the sense that the, the, they just couldn't do it, right? It wasn't in crunch time. Like, if that had come at the end of the first half, Tom— after we had seen four or five drives unfold with no movement whatsoever, I would have thought to myself, if that interception happened at that point, yeah, there's no hope that the Steelers score here. But it came early enough where I thought, okay, they sputtered out the gate, but the defense came up big. Again, it came up big by not just forcing a turnover, but but preventing a touchdown. Right, it's it's a huge turnaround. If you can flip three points for Kansas City into three points for you, that's a six point swing, at the minimum. But of course, we know what unfolded after that, and from that point on, really, it just felt like there there was no way this offense is going to be able to do anything. And like I said earlier, twenty one points is so it, it it's such a it's such a good thing for the Steelers for. People 10, 10, 10 years, 20 years down the line will look at the score and say, oh, it was 21-42. At least they did something. That's not at all what happened. That Those 21 points are, are completely irrelevant to the rest of the game. Is that even respectable? Though? Are you saying just the 21 points part of it? Just one, At least they, it wasn't 42 to nothing. Right, it wasn't. What was the final score of the the Rams Cardinals game? Like thirty five to thirty one to eleven, thirty four to eleven, something yeah. random like that. But yeah, it was a blowout from start to finish. A lot of games were blowouts on on yeah. Wild Card it was weekend. it wasn't like the the Bills Pats game where it was like forty two to seven. No, I mean there was a moment with five minutes left in the second quarter of the game where America collectively was like, oh, the Steelers might do this when they were up seven nothing, and then even after Mahomes scored to make it seven seven, hell. Even after he scored to make it fourteen to seven, You're I think still there were still touchdown. people that were like, "Oh, they're going to halftime down a touchdown." That's pretty big of a win for the Steelers in this, all things considered. But then in fifty-two seconds, well, less than fifty-two seconds, because there was still time for the Steelers to run a knee at the end of the half. Uh, they hit Kelsey. They score a touchdown. It's twenty-one to seven, and then everybody collectively is like, "Oh, that escalated real quickly, and it is over now." As efficiently as the Chiefs were they were at their best at that last drive before the half. And I and I know we had said there are different turning points in the game, but I really think that was it. When the Steelers couldn't do anything, they went three and out 
after being down, after the second Chiefs touchdown to go down 14-7, the Chiefs had gone six plays for 80 yards in 40 seconds. Really, 39. it's 39 seconds, so under 40 seconds. You can't, if you're going to not do anything all day and when it matters most, right, when you had, when you were tied, when no one expected you to be tied, and then you were up when not a soul expected you to be up, you have to take advantage. And then you go down, you get the, the Chiefs come back and tie, not the end of the world. The Chiefs come back and go up a touchdown, not the end of the world. The, the Steelers were down by two scores, Tom, within the first, what, seven, eight minutes of the first time these right. two teams met? Yeah. They were, they were tied with less than five minutes to go in the, in the second quarter of this game. No one expected the Steelers to be at that point, to, to keep it that close, that late into the game. And then you allow, not all, I don't want to be so hard on the defense, but the offense does nothing. And that, in turn, puts the defense back on, uh, out on the field after allowing two big, uh, two big long touchdown drives back-to-back. I can't blame the defense so much for allowing, what, what was it, like six plays, 80 yards, or eight plays, 60 yards, 40 seconds. One thing that the Chiefs were able to do, too, was run the football. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't choose to do it much. They only ran 22 times. McKinnon was their leading rusher with 12 carries uh, in the football game. He had 61 yards, though, and averaged 5.1 yards per carry. So they didn't really choose to do it much, but anytime they did, it was successful, and they got positive yardage. So it was a good way for them to kind of keep some semblance of balance on their offense, but... That Steelers rush defense was just is just so porous. I mean, when they didn't even want to run the ball and they were using Jarek McKinnon, who I, honest to God, didn't even know was a possibility heading into this game. I, I thought it was Daryl Williams. Right. I thought it was Derek Gore. Right. Like, I had no clue that this Jarek McKinnon was going to show up, but he did, and he ran whenever he wanted to at will against the Steelers defense, and that's a problem. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes threw the ball 39 times to the 22 times that they ran the ball. Three of those 22 rushes were on Patrick Mahomes' mm-hmm. legs on his own. He averaged 9.7 yards per carry whenever he had to take off and run. But uh, 30 for 39, 404 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. It's funny to look at his average uh, yardage per completion being 10.4. Mm-hmm. And then you look over at Big Ben's box score, and his is 4.9, which... Not terrible for Big Ben, honestly. No. Four point nine is act- worse. He's-, he's airing it out in this game, <laughs> but that's the difference right there. And I'm not, you know, splitting the atom by telling you that there's a difference between mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes and Ben Roethlisberger, but just the ability for a quarterback to push the ball down the field, to have each completion go at least ten yards on average. Mm-hmm. I mean that's the just the that's just the total X factor difference between these two teams and Ben's in the Hall of Fame firmly and I'd say Mahomes is really close to being on track but he's got some work to if do. If he still. gets to another Super Bowl this year, even if he loses, if I think he's just healthy. No, see if he's just healthy for the rest of his career, he's going to make the, sure. The but Hall I think you could even say if you get to the Super Bowl this year and then you're done, it's enough. But he's Ben is a firm first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, but he just sure. doesn't have the ability to cook it like a Mahomes does these days. Well, you're comparing a what 26 year old Patrick Mahomes to a 39 year old Ben Roethlisberger. It's not. I'm not saying it's unfair of you, but it's just two totally different things. I I have no idea what what the game would have looked like if it was a 
27-year-old Patrick Mahomes versus a 28-year-old Ben Roethlisberger. I would love to see that game. Now, that would have been a fun game. Even Not even a 39, not even 28, but go back to maybe an, an Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell-aided Steelers offense with Ben Roethlisberger at his peak, probably at yeah, age I mean, 32, You just needed the firepower to keep up with them. And that's what the Steelers didn't have because you saw what happens. You can keep them off the board for a quarter and they still score 42 points. Maybe you don't even need Lev and NAB, just a younger Ben Roethlisberger who has more confidence in his ability, who's not trying to get rid of the ball within 1.2 seconds or whatever whatever his timing has averaged out to over the season. Someone who's more capable of holding on to the ball, escaping a really bad pocket because of a bad offensive line. And getting the ball out there. I mean, we know, and we'll, and we'll talk about it later, the the lack of performances by Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. But maybe those guys have much better days because of Ben's abilities at a younger age. One last thing I wanted to touch on about this game specifically before we wrap up this episode, get into some more global season stuff in the Next episode is, did you have any problem with the Chiefs kind of running it up at the end of the game? No. In, in fancy fashion, though. I'm not talking about running it up. I'm talking about you throw a touchdown pass to Allegretti. You throw a touchdown pass with your tight end. Like, I'm not going to say stop scoring. That's stupid. Put up as many points as you want. But do you have a little bit of salt in the wound because they did trick plays to do it? Because that's what the Chiefs do. Do you remember? Do you remember how the T.J. Watt fumble recovery? I have happened? a little bit of problem with. Do you it. ever? Do you do you recall how that fumble recovery? Yeah, trick happened? play. They love trick doing play, that. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with it early in the game, but when you're up by so much, like, what's the point? I mean, it's just adding insult to injury at this point. Just run the ball up the I middle. I can't blame him. Guess what? Run the ball up with McKinnon. He's averaging nine yards a carry basically. Anyway, he's going to score anyway. I so don't like, blame him. That's what the Chiefs do. It's mm-hmm. what they do all season long. It's what they're doing all. Of the entire Patrick Mahomes era is just do whatever they can, whatever. When they're up by three touchdowns, though, I mean. Come on, Tom. No, you come on. And Andy Reid, you come on. Like, you're up by three touchdowns, bro. Take the foot off the gas a little bit here. You don't, or let me rephrase that. Score touchdowns if you want, but do it traditionally. You don't have to throw a touchdown pass with Travis Kelsey. Also, don't you think you want to save that? For a little bit later, maybe you know. I don't think maybe so because the I think Bengals they have... are trading back and forth blows, and you need a little extra juice in there. Maybe you throw that touchdown pass to Allegretti, but oops, Jesse Bates saw that on film against the Steelers, so he picks that off now. I think that the difference between that and maybe the Steelers doing something similar is the Steelers have one, maybe one successful trick play in their playbook. I think the Chiefs have an entire chapter and an entire encyclopedias worth of trick plays up their sleeve that if they if they expose one against the Steelers for their sixth touchdown of the day it's not going to kill them in the next round trick plays have been around for the, the like the playoffs bring out the trick plays There's absolutely been, uh, Odell, that's what, Odell that's, threw a bomb yeah. the Cardinals had that play that was called back because they threw a second forward right. pass but that was a pretty creative trick play it too. was no I mean that's what the playoffs are for to do something that Cower you, used to love trick plays. Of back course in the he playoffs. did. He, he, the 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 long touchdown to Cedric Wilson in the AFC Championship game came via trick play. We know the Heinz Ward touchdown. I see. Ran in a gosh darn Super Bowl. It scored a I touchdown know, but they, on it. It's, but here's the thing: is that the Steelers were winning that Broncos game. That final nail in the coffin was the Cedric Wilson oh, touchdown. There you go. The Andy Reid effect right there. But the Steel, Bill Cowher didn't say, "Oh, I kind of want to save this one for later." No, he did it, and then he did it again in the Super Bowl. And guess what, Tom? It worked. And the Seahawks had two weeks to prepare 
for something tricky by the Steelers, and they still couldn't stop it. So I don't blame. I get. I get why you're saying because those games weren't nearly as determined by that point. Right. And it was Steelers needed to, that touchdown. I get that, but still, I think Andy Reid has Eric. Eric, sorry, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy have so much up their sleeve that exposing one play isn't going to kill them the next the next round. Maybe you wanted to get out Kelsey's arm loose, you know? Form a quarterback. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe he'll be throwing week, some more passes. Next week when he has to throw a, a longer pass like Odell did to, what was it, Cam Akers or whoever caught that ball, maybe Kelsey's now feeling, okay, I, I'm going to get the arm loose exactly. a little bit. I threw a two-yard touchdown pass. Now I'm going to throw a 50-yard ball exactly. in this next game. I like creativity. You don't like it when it's at your own expense. I was going to say... I think maybe Patrick Mahomes should be the only one throwing footballs. I know it worked, but he's a god amongst men. Do you really want to take that ball out of his hands and give it to your tight end? You know, here's the thing, too. I'm curmudgeon about this. You so are. I, really, I really am. You are. You're a little Scrooge McDuck over there. But how about the, the shovel pass that we saw? That was so cool. Uh, it's just what they do. They do whoop. it better than anyone. It was just like a whoop. And no like one can stop them. I don't know if... At any point in the Patrick Mahomes era, when the Chiefs have opted to run that little, whatever, underhand toss, if it hasn't worked. And it always comes in either third and short or goal to go and short. And it always works. The only negative you can ever pull off on Patrick Mahomes is the fact that he puts st- uh, ketchup on his steaks. That's the only thing that I've oh, found. Buddy. And he likes Hunt's ketchup more. more oh, than my God. So that's the only two that's negatives. Disgusting. Everything else, he's a god amongst oh. men. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Like I said, next episode, we're going to talk a little more globally about the, the 2021 season and the prospects for 2022. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Opperman. Always appreciate you guys listening to the Steelers Standard.